In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angels are coming. I hope that all of you have received, perhaps many times, a small card saying that the angels are coming. And this is an invitation to come to a very immersive artwork which has been specially designed for the cathedral for the first week of Advent in December. Um, This is a really new venture for us. And I'd like to say just a little bit about what it is and then why we're doing it. Um, The outside of the cathedral is going to have extraordinary um, projections done from very high quality, amazingly bright projectors, so that the exterior of the cathedral, as I understand it, will appear to move. And we'll have a sense of the angels of God coming to us. And then coming into the cathedral... The whole cathedral will look as if stars are swirling around us and will tell in a very simple way the story of the birth of Christ. And the whole experience will end under the tower with our steel nativity. Now, this is a big venture for us And when I tell you that we hope to sell up to 17,000 tickets, you'll see what a big venture it is. And we've chosen this theme, or rather the artist who's coming to do this, has chosen this theme of angels because that's one of the places that the story of Christ, the angels coming to the shepherds, that's one of the places which particularly touches people because there is a sort of folk religion belief in angels. I think more people believe in angels than believe in God, which is a little bit the wrong way around, but there we are. Um, And so by beginning with something that intrigues people, we're hoping to lead them deeper and indeed towards faith. Now, the role of the cathedral, and actually in this event, we won't be completing that journey. That's for later in the year. What we want is to encourage people towards a sense of wonder, discovery, and freshness of the gospel. Our task as a cathedral is to help people see there's much more to the gospel than they'd ever thought, and so begin the journey of teaching and discovery towards making a commitment in faith. Um, Nothing like this has been done in Sheffield before, and um, I'd be wrong if I didn't tell you that I had butterflies thinking about it, but... The cathedral staff and soon lots of volunteers, the clergy, are really engaged by this. And we hope that you will be too and actually help us in welcoming people. 
So today, I'd just like to talk about angels in Scripture because they are very different from this understanding of angels in popular religion or folk religion. We've all seen those very charming cards with little toddler angels with curly hair, all uh, blonde and white angels, strangely, um, playing around the feet of Jesus or occasionally holding the nails and the, the hammer used at the crucifixion in a rather sort of gruesome way, giggling. And they're a sort of um, uh, delightful artistic conceit that have absolutely nothing to do with angels. We have actually two angels playing, two little angels like that, playing with a skull on a memorial in the St. Catherine's Chapel, and you can just look at it and think, what were they thinking? So this sort of bizarre understanding of angels hasn't just, hasn't just arrived with a selection of Christmas cards. But occasionally one goes to funerals and hears the funeral celebrant say that when we die, we become angels. And, we, and when the person has died, we'll become a guardian angel and we'll watch over the family. And you will perhaps sometimes see a sign of the guardian angel. Um, bizarrely, a cathedral in Italy has a, a feather from the wings of St. Michael, um, you can decide whether or not you believe that. Um, but that ref this reflects this really strange theology of the afterlife, which I'm afraid is absolutely contradicted by the gospel. We do not become angels. And this thought that we become angels, and it's all lovely, is actually a denial of the reality of what it's like to die. When we die, we will be with Jesus Christ. When we die, we will look forward to the resurrection of all. That is the gospel teaching, and it has much more comfort for us in bereavement than this trivial image of becoming an angel. Um, so that is absolutely what we don't want to um, uh, encourage people to believe. I do hope that there are no cards in the gift shop which might be hinting at that. And if there are, just don't show me them because that'll just upset me. Um, these images of angels as little, playful little children or sort of delightful, unthreatening beings. These rather gentle, fun things are not true to the Scriptures. Angels in the Scriptures, messengers of the Lord, always begin by saying, fear not. The little angels we have on Christmas cards pretend there's nothing to fear. 
in the scriptures, angels know that there are things we fear in life because God knows through Christ our fear and anxiety. And so the messengers of God are always in the scriptures given this message, fear not. Angels, as they are presented in the scriptures, invite us all to wonder, to wonder at a world we cannot see, to wonder at the presence of God, because the angels also always reveal God's presence in the scriptures in unexpected places. In the Old Testament, there are a very few places where it seems as if people see God. I believe in my, that actually they are seeing Jesus Christ, who reveals God to us. But the angels speak of a world where God is present in God's burning love and glory. Angels are always associated too with glory. This is something that the Christmas cards get right because they show angels in a golden light. That's a way, I think, of, of trying to express that God is surrounded by beings worshipping worshipping in his mystery and beauty. The angels show us that not all creation, not all creation is human beings. All things respond to God in their own way. And curiously, and perhaps importantly, in our religious tradition, because angels have never had bodies, they have no gender. They are neither male nor female. That reaches right back into the book of Genesis. And when the church is troubled by this contemporary discovery of the complexity of gender, we do well to think that at the very beginnings of our faith, in the Hebrew Bible, we are reminded that gender does not define us. At the time of Jesus, the Jewish tradition said that there were nine types of angel, which are conveniently summarized in the first verse of our final hymn, so I'm not going to do that here. This sort of complicated angelology is, um, brothers and sisters, madness. And we could spend the whole... Uh, there's a famous theologian of the fourth century who wrote several books about angels. That's not what we... Sh that's not how we sh should respond to the story of angels. The angels, the messengers of God in Scripture reveal to us God's presence 
in beauty and glory and love. They meet us on behalf of God in the midst of our fear, our uncertainty, our sense of sin and unworthiness, and they tell us, fear not. This is beautifully picked up by our Saviour when he rises from the dead. Mary Magdalene approaches him. He says, do not fear. So, dear brothers and sisters, I invite you to open your imaginations to see God's glory present around us and to hear the gospel message of angels. Fear not. In the words of Jacob, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. May our visitors at Christmas discover here how awesome God's presence is, and therefore how this God saves us from fear, from loss, from hurt. Fear not.